Scott Archer, pastor of Central Congregational Church in La Mesa, California. Thank you so much for tuning into our Sunday service podcast, CCC Sunday Messages. I hope you find the messages both challenging and encouraging as you seek to know and follow Jesus in your daily life. If you live in or ever happen to visit the San Diego area, we would love to have you join us for worship and fellowship. For location, service times, and other information about our church, please visit our website at cccLamesa.com. CCC is a small but passionate intergenerational church working together for the glory of God and the good of our neighbors near and far. Well, for our Easter text this morning, I invite you to turn with me to the book of Romans in the New Testament. Romans chapter 1, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 7, the introduction, the Apostle Paul's introduction to uh, his weighty uh, treatise on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, this this uh, introductory section actually sets the stage for the whole rest of the book if you want to take your time in quarantine to really get into a great and powerful Uh, book of the Bible, I would encourage you to start with Romans 1, as we do today, and then maybe throughout the week read the rest of it. And the title of our message this morning, this Easter Sunday, is God's Good News. And uh, I'm sure all of us would agree uh, that we are desperately in need of some good news today. Uh, In a time of pandemic, of quarantine, Uh, at this immediate time, but also just in the ongoing uh, life, uh, in our ongoing lives that are sometimes, uh, oftentimes, uh, locally and around the world, filled with disease, disaster, violence, uh, and political and religious strife, uh, is it possible that God in Christ has initiated something new, a rescue and restoration operation? Could it be that there really is Not just some good news, but the good news that we all need uh, as we consider the Easter story once again. And while we all long for complete fulfillment of what was inaugurated on that first Easter morning, the overthrow of the forces of darkness and the death of death itself, we can encourage ourselves, excuse me, we can encourage ourselves once again on this Easter morning, even in our separation that God is indeed with each of us and that he is at work in the world by the power of his Holy Spirit in each of us, his followers, and that he is calling us to continued faith and faithfulness in the name and the way of Jesus Christ. As we long for good news in this time, uh, specifically in this time and moving forward, Uh, I hope we can be reminded that there is good news from God through Christ and that we are a part of that good news as we turn to faith, uh, to faith in God through Christ, that we don't just get uh, good news for ourselves, but we become agents of of it as well. And I hope that we can be encouraged in that today for those of us that are already followers of Christ. And if you happen to be watching this video and maybe it's just because it's Easter and you really wouldn't call yourself a Christian, you wouldn't, you're not quite sure, uh, I pray that you would open your heart up uh, to a new place of faith, to the fact that maybe, just maybe, there really is some incredibly good news uh, from God through Jesus Christ. Let me read the passage to us briefly this morning from Romans chapter 1, starting at verse 1. From the Apostle Paul, one of the original followers of Jesus Christ, or not one of the original followers, but uh, shortly 
after the original followers. It says, this letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family, family line, and he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles, Gentiles would be any non-Jew, so that's many of us, if not most of us that are listening to this, uh, through Jesus Christ, God, through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them, so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. And you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. I am writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God. I am writing to all of you in La Mesa that are loved by God. I am writing to all of you in San Diego County who are loved by God. I'm writing to all of you wherever you may find yourself today who are loved by God and are called to be his own holy people. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. This passage and the book of Romans, as I mentioned, was written by the Apostle Paul, um, and a, a brilliant man, one of the most famous followers of Jesus uh, throughout history, if not the most famous, wrote much uh, of the New Testament through his letters. Um, and before Paul became a follower of Jesus, he was known as Saul, and he was a brilliant impeccable religious leader and scholar of his day who was not opposed to even using violence to enforce his religious views on the rest of uh, his, the Jewish people around him. So when Jesus came along, started preaching and teaching, and when his followers picked up that mantle after his death and resurrection and ascension, uh, we first meet Paul as Saul in the book of Acts, actually persecuting the early believers. He was a religious zealot, uh, and he was a brilliant religious zealot, and he believed that he was, he was a true believer, and he believed he was doing God a favor by trying to squash this new movement centered around uh, this would-be prophet from Nazareth. But as we follow the story along in the book of Acts, we find out that this, uh, this man, Saul, this brilliant religious scholar, was literally knocked off his donkey by a vision of the, of the risen Christ. And almost immediately, within just a few short days, as he receives this special revelation of the risen Christ, his entire worldview is completely spun around and flipped upside down, or maybe flipped right side up. He goes from being a religious legalist, zealous for the every a fine point of the Jewish law to someone who is completely enthralled with the person of Jesus and is completely convinced that Jesus is the fulfillment of all the law of God and has come not in law but in love. And Paul falls in love with Jesus and becomes his most ardent spokesperson for the rest of his life. And he goes again from being one who is not opposed to using violence to uh, 
move his religious views forward to one where he says in one of his letters that he is compelled by the love of God and the love of people to keep preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Excuse me. And as we go through this passage briefly this morning, here's the central thought that I'd like to share with you. Easter is the celebration of the good news of God's sin-forgiving, evil-evicting, creation-restoring plan that was conceived before creation, cultivated through the history of the Jewish people, announced by Jesus, and actualized and made available to all by his resurrected life. That's a mouthful, but there's a lot there, and I want to say it again uh, so you can get a hold of it. Easter is the celebration of the good news of God's sin-forgiving, evil-evicting, creation-restoring plan that was conceived before creation, cultivated through the history of the Jewish people, announced by Jesus, and then actualized and made available to all by his resurrected life. And this term, good news, the Greek word is uh, the word we're more familiar with, excuse me, is gospel, which just simply means good news. It's a word we hear a lot, and it's a word that's used by Paul in this opening remarks. He talks about the good news of God, or God's good news. The good news of Easter. So what is this good news? What is God's good news that Paul begins to tell us about? Well, first of all, God's good news is not plan B. Uh, You know, in the midst of this uh, coronavirus epidemic, uh, we're hearing all sorts of theories, all sorts of ideas, what might help, what what should we do, what shouldn't we, or what should we have done. And I think we're on plan uh, B, C, D, E, F, people trying to figure out the best way to move forward. And sometimes maybe we get the idea, if we have some sense of a belief in God and uh, maybe think that uh, God is even good, but that the world isn't the way it should be, uh, and if we begin to think about uh, the, the teaching and the person of Jesus and his death and resurrection, we might think, well, you know, God started it out all good, uh, but, but uh, things got out of control. Things didn't go the way he thought, and so he had to scratch his head. He had to get together with the angels and sort of figure out plan B. But the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's repetitive, the good news of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is not God's plan B. It has always been God's plan A. From the very beginning of creation, the uh, eternal loving heart of God in the mystery of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, has always known that if it was going to start, as it started this plan of creation, this love-giving plan of creating life, uh, if he was going to give us free will, if he was going to enter into real relationship with us, he knew from beforehand that we were not going to move into that freely of our own accord without messing it up first. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, uh, another original follower of Jesus, the Apostle Peter, says this. He says, speaking of Jesus, he was chosen before the creation of the world but was revealed in these last times for your sake. So Jesus has always existed as God the Son, and it was planned before we ever came on the scene that he would 
that God in Christ would offer himself as, an, as a supreme act of sacrificial love to draw us back into fellowship with the God who created us. That is the good news. Before we even knew we needed help, God had already planned the rescue operation. Our rebellion against God's good purposes did not take God by surprise. That is indeed good news. Secondly, in this passage, not only is God's good news not his plan B, God's good news is about the authenticity and the authority of Jesus. In this passage, uh, the Apostle Paul mentions that in his humanity, Jesus is descended uh, from King David. Uh, He's in the royal line, a long time from King David, but he is of royal lineage through uh, Joseph. And King David is the greatest king of Israel, and he's a foreshadowing of the Messiah, of the, of the, the final and full just king from God. And then he goes on to say, but he's also shown to be the son of God through his resurrection by the power of the Holy Spirit. And what we see is that uh, Jesus, Paul wants us to know that Jesus is authentic. He's a real person of royal Jewish lineage who lived a sinless truly human life, and he is worthy of our trust. Jesus isn't just an idea, um, but, and, but he was a real man that lived in real history, but unlike us, he lived a truly good human life. In the book of Hebrews, in the Bible, the writer of that book says this, Speaking of Jesus as a high priest, he's comparing Jesus as a priest, one who connects us to God, and he's saying that he's better than the Old Testament priest. He's the new and better priest. He says, this high priest, speaking of Jesus, um, he understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings or temptations or trials that we do, yet he did not sin. Now, I want us to think about that for a moment. That's really good news. Now, Sometimes when you think of people that are really good and you think, oh, they never sin, we might think of them as goody two-shoes or holy rollers, and you think, oh, I don't want to be around them. They're no fun. But, but if you haven't, I would encourage you to read the stories of Jesus in the Gospels because we find out that that's not how people responded to Jesus at all. The common people, the people that were considered sinners by the religious people, loved Jesus. They wanted to hang out with Jesus. So somehow in his sinlessness, in his perfection, instead of it being a repulsive holiness like you and I tend to do when we get sort of holier than thou, Jesus had an attractive holiness because it was true holiness. It was true goodness. It was true humanity. So Paul wants us to know that Jesus was a real human, went through life like we did, faced trials and temptations, and yet he was able to push through them and never move away from truly being human and honoring God. That's good news. But not only was he the son of man, Paul wants us to know that he was and is the son of God. He is God the Son. He says that that is proved by the fact that he rose from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. The true God-man demonstrated by his physical... He is the true God-man, which was demonstrated by his physical resurrection, and he is worthy of our allegiance. In his sinless humanity, he's worthy of our trust. He gets it. He knows what our lives are like. But in his divinity, 
in the fact that he truly is the Son of God, he's worthy of our allegiance. And the resurrection, what we celebrate on Easter, again, it's not just an idea. It's not just a principle about entering into new days and new life that, you know, out there. But, but But the scriptures talk about, and the original followers of Jesus went out of their way to show that Jesus really physically rose from the dead. He conquered death. And that makes, proves that he is the Son of God. He is our true Lord, our true King, and he is worthy of our allegiance. And he's a good king. He's not a tyrant. He's somebody that we should be willing and happy to come to and to serve and to offer our lives. In, in uh, one of his early disciples, John, who wrote what we call the Gospel of John, followed Jesus around for three and a half years and then served him faithfully the rest of his life. He wrote in the beginning of his book about Jesus, says the word, speaking of Jesus, calling him the very word of God, the very expression of God, says he became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He lived with us in a human body. Says we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and full of truth. Jesus loves us how we are and he always tells us the truth in love about ourselves. He's worthy of our trust, and he's worthy of our allegiance. That's good news. So God's good news is not plan B. He's loved us from the beginning, and he's decided from before we were ever on the scene to give himself for us through Christ. It's good uh, And also God's good news is, is about the authenticity of Jesus' humanity and the authority of his resurrected life and his divinity Next, God's good news is a call to faith and obedience uh, toward this new humanity. The Apostle Paul says in this passage that he's calling not just Jews, but Gentiles, everyone, to obedient faith in Jesus Christ. And it's a call to faith and obedience, not just so we can uh, be goody-two-shoes, or not so we can just keep some kind of list of rules, but so that we can enter into this new and perfect humanity that God originally created us for, and Jesus modeled and and, uh, made a way for us to enter into once again. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, the Apostle Paul, again, writing to one of the early churches, says, speaking of what Jesus has done, God has done for us in Jesus, says that this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone, a new life has begun. I don't know about you, but that's good news to me. That when I repent of my sins, when I turn away from my living my own way, Doing, uh, doing what I think is right and what I want to do, and I surrender myself to the love of God and Christ, and I begin to follow him, and I place my faith in him. It says, this isn't just a new idea, it's a new way, but it says I actually become a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. I have an opportunity to be a new kind of human being and express that out into God's world and toward the people, all people that he loves so much. Jesus himself said, and it's recorded by Matthew, one of his other first followers, Jesus himself said that we should let our good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone can learn to praise God and to trust God. The good news of Easter is that every single one of us has the opportunity for a new beginning. 
and that we uh, don't just praise Jesus from afar. We don't just look at his life and go, oh, wow, that's amazing. But we recognize that he called us to himself. He called us to set aside our old life, to die to ourselves, he even said, and to learn to follow him into this new humanity, this new creation, and to be bearers of that new creation to our sphere of influence. I don't know about you, but that's good news. So God's good news is not plan B. God's good news is about the authenticity of Jesus' humanity and about the authority of his divinity by his resurrected life. God's good news, though, in that is a call to faith and obedience toward that new humanity. And finally, God's good news is this. It is good news for everyone. This is so important this morning, brothers and sisters, and those of you that might, the rest of you that might be listening that I don't know. Uh, Throughout the history of the world, we've gravitated toward religion, and we've used religion as a place of separation and a place of abusing one another. And I want to just say to you that Jesus did not come to start a religion, even the Christian religion. Jesus came to start a movement. Jesus called people to follow him in faithful obedience to the ways of God so that we might live our lives in such a way that glorify God, that magnify who God is, that lead people to God and bless the world around us. And his good news is not owned by any particular group of people. The Jews wanted Jesus to be their savior. They wanted him to just be for them. And they were confounded by the fact that he came, as I said in our message last week, not just to be the savior, their savior and their king, but to be the savior and the king of their oppressors. The good news of Easter, God's good news, is good news for everyone. Whether you were raised in church or not, whether you uh, are right now, whether you are a believer or not, no matter what you've done, no matter where you come from, no matter what questions and skepticisms you may have at this moment, God in Jesus Christ is calling out to you, saying, come and follow me. Learn to trust me. You don't have to have perfect faith right now. You can begin to follow Jesus with all sorts of questions. The disciples excuse me, certainly didn't understand who he was even though they hung out with him for three years. It took a long time for them to get it. You don't have to have perfect faith. But can I just encourage you to hear the call of God in Jesus Christ that he loves you, that he gave his life for you, and that he is calling you to follow you. you. And his good news is for not just church people, not just goody two-shoes people, not just people that read the Bible or whatever, not just people that call themselves Christians or something else. His good news is for everyone. Paul says later in this chapter, on verse 16 in Romans, Paul says boldly, he says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. Remember, this is the same Paul that was Saul that was persecuting Christians. He was working against Christ. He says now, For I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ, for it is the power of God at work saving Everyone who believes, the Jew first, because Jesus came through Jewish lineage, and also the Gentile, also the rest of the non-Jewish world. The good news of Jesus is the power of God that saves everyone who would look to Jesus, who would look to God in faith through Jesus Christ. Don't discount yourself, friends. 
Don't discount yourself because of some past uh, thing you think you've done wrong. Don't discount yourself because of some current thing in your life. Don't discount yourself because of your doubts. Don't, and, and can I say this, brothers and sisters and friends, please uh, don't discount Jesus because of the failings of his followers, including people like myself. None of us have lived perfect, sinless life, lives, and all sorts of horrible, heinous things have been done in the name of God in general and in the name of Jesus in particular. But that's on the misunderstandings and the pride of people following for the wrong reasons. Look to Jesus, read about his life, listen to his teachings, and hear his call directly from him to you. And trust in this good news from God, this Easter news. Let me just close by reminding us of the most famous verse in the Bible from John 3, verse 16 and 17. Many of you, even if you've never been to church, you're familiar with this verse, but would you hear it anew with me today? And I'm reading this from a different translation that maybe you're familiar with, so maybe we can hear it new. John says, For this is how God loved the world. This is how God loved the world. Not God tolerated the world. Not God put up with the world. But this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And eternal life is not about floating off to heaven somewhere when we die. It's about entering in right now into the eternal life of God and then being carried on into that continually when we die. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. That's good news. This is God's good news. The message of Jesus Christ is good news. And the only one people that it's not good news for are those of us that might just continue to harden our hearts toward God, let our lives be ego-driven. The people that would seek to oppress and control others to, uh, to use um, religion for their own purposes or to use politics for their own purposes or whatever. The abusers and the users, if we persist in that, then, then the good news of Jesus isn't quite so good because those are all the things, the works of, of darkness that Jesus came to destroy. But Jesus did not come to start a religion. He came to start a movement. And he's invited you and he's invited me to follow him into that movement and into new creation and into a new humanity. Brothers and sisters that have been following Jesus for a time that would call yourselves Christians, can I just encourage us on this Easter morning to examine our lives or let God examine us and just to convict us of any way that we have uh, allowed our egos and allowed uh, our religious traditions or whatever it might be to dilute the good news of God in and through our lives. And those of you that might find yourself watching this uh, video and you don't have any specific claim to faith and you're not sure about all this, can I, I just, in, in, with great passion and, and with joy, I would just invite you to open your heart to the possibility of God's good news through Jesus Christ.
He loves you. He gave his life for you, and he's simply calling you to follow him and to trust him. Can you do that today? Let's pray. Well, Father, thank you for this beautiful Easter morning. Beautiful, not necessarily because the weather might or might not be wonderful, but beautiful because it is the beginning, it's the day we celebrate the beginning of new creation, new opportunities. The entire history of mankind was changed on Easter morning. When you, after you bore our sins on the cross, you took all the violence, all the sin, uh, all the abuse the world had to offer, you bore it in your flesh, and it was buried in the grave with you, but on three days later, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the power of your divine life, you destroyed death itself by coming back to life. And because of that, every man, woman, and child throughout history, and every man, woman, and child that's alive today has a new hope, a new opportunity, even in the midst, and especially in the midst of pandemic, that has taken so many of us by surprise and that has uh, just completely messed up our lives and our schedules. Lord, would you just help us to open our hearts up to the possibility of your good news, of your great love, of new creation, new opportunities, so that we can, uh, we can move through this time to whatever the future holds with faith and faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, for your great love. Thank you for this time. Bless my friends as we move through these weeks ahead. Lord, those that are struggling with fear, doubt, whatever it might be, would you bring encouragement Would you bring strength? Anybody that's sick that's hearing this, I would just pray for healing. Again, for those that are out working uh, pretty much regular jobs, would you protect them and, and guide them through this time? And Lord, would you just have mercy on us? Get us through this, we pray, and get us through it in such a way that we grow in faith and we come out of it more faithful than we were before we went in. In Christ's name.